Isaiah says today, the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. The good news that we proclaim today, friends, is that into the dried up, broken cracks of our lives, Christ, our hope, is appearing. Bursting forth, strengthening, restoring, healing even into the unnoticed places where we still sigh and we still experience sorrow. Where do you sigh today? Some of you know that um, I have had a long-standing struggle with depression and anxiety. Uh, for me, it started um, towards the end of high school, and it's something that's been with me ever since in varying intensities. And the best explanation that I've actually seen has been uh, a sculpture. And it's a wire sculpture. Uh, it's in the shape of a person who's bent down on their knees on the ground. And inside this wire sculpture, is, it's filled to the brim with rocks and stones of various sizes and shapes. And it's completely full. And for those of you who have experienced depression or anxiety or maybe know someone, um, this is exactly what it expresses. Yeah, here's the picture. Here's the sculpture. It expresses so well, I feel, that uh, of just the heaviness that you can experience on a daily basis. And can I just say, I want our community to be a place where we talk about these kinds of things. I want it to be a place where it's open and not hidden. So a while back, um, I was just going through a particularly difficult season. I was having another reemergence of depression, and it was just really difficult. Um, at the time, we were driving down the highway, and I was talking with Ben about it and just feeling overwhelmed by it again. Um, feeling the frustration of it, feeling like, why this again? Like, is there ever any end to it? You know, getting up in the morning felt impossible. Just the lack of joy and the longing to feel some sense of joy again uh, was just overwhelming for me, wondering, you know, why can't this just be better? Why can't this just end? For me, it very much felt like uh, a parched land, a wilderness, a desert. And as we were driving, I was just looking out the window, you know, watching uh, the road go by and seeing the side of the road down below and noticing just the cracks in the concrete and the rocks and the stones along the side of the road and thinking about how much my life felt like those cracks, like those stones and rocks, you know, dry and hard, parched and broken. And I just had this sense of overwhelming grief. that life isn't supposed to be like this. 
And then my attention was turned to these small pieces of grass that were pushing up through the cracks in the concrete. And they were here and there, and they just kept appearing. Just, I mean, they were probably weeds, but <laughs> there were little bits of grass poking through. And it just struck me that even in the hard concrete, these little seedlings were pushing up and growing, pushing through. And I heard this voice say to me, life always fights to grow. And at the time, it just brought this settledness and strength, and it filled me with hope again. Just like the grass pushing through the concrete, I had this sense that this life was at work. In this small, unnoticed way, I had this sense of God saying, I'm fighting for you, I'm with you. But most days, honestly, I feel more like John's disciples in the gospel reading today when they were asking, are you the one to come or should we be waiting for another? Should we be looking elsewhere? I feel like that. And, you know, if we're all honest, that's all of our question. (laughs) You know, when we go, especially when we go through difficult things. We're asking, like, are you really the source of life? Because I am really struggling here, and I don't feel much of a sense of life right now. So should I be looking for another? And it might not be depression or anxiety for you. It might be some other area that feels dry or parched in your life right now. You know, those places that might feel just a little out of control, um, a little difficult, You might just feel fearful or unsure. Those places like perhaps feeling nervous to talk to a teacher at school because you forgot an assignment and you're afraid that they'll be mad at you. Um, Or just maybe a persistent sense of loneliness, feeling like I don't know who my people are. I don't know who I can rely on or turn to. I feel alone. It might be an ache over a relationship with a family member, especially with the holidays coming up, right? Seeing uh, them perhaps is, you know, just a painful reminder of what your relationship isn't, what you want it to be, and the lost time that has passed. Maybe it's hearing about all the stories of corruption and violence in the world those places where you still see sorrow and sighing. But friends, it's into those places of sighing and sorrow that God is with us. And it's here that he is at work, frequently in unnoticed places, in unnoticed ways, but in us, through us, among us, sometimes in spite of us. but he's bringing about the day of transformation. The good news that we proclaim is that into the dried up, broken cracks of our lives, Christ, our hope, is appearing, bursting forth, strengthening, healing, restoring, even into the unnoticed places where we still sigh and experience sorrow. 
Where do you see in the world today sighing or sorrow? Our passage is from Isaiah, and it's set into this context where armies from Babylon had come and attacked the people of Israel. They had reduced their temple to rubble. They had forced the people into captivity, cutting them off from everything that they knew and making them live in a foreign land. And I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to forget when I read stories from the Bible that these are human stories. These are real lived experiences. I can't imagine going through that. These people were captives of war. They had been wounded and traumatized and maimed. They had the marks of war and suffering on their bodies, in their bodies. I mean, it reminds me of all of the news stories that we read so frequently, the harmful powers that are at work in our world today, the injustice, the violence that's wreaking havoc on individuals and communities. But it's into that kind of reality that the passage begins. There's this promise to the exiles that's spoken and declared and announced, a declaration that God will redeem his people and bring them back once again to Mount Zion, which is where the temple stood. And here they are yearning to be free from the system that's exploiting them and controlling every aspect of their lives that had devastated their communities. And they hear, behold, your God is coming. It's such beautiful imagery. It's like a symphony. There's so much going on. There's, there's bursting and there's blossoming and there's gushing and bubbling and growing. I mean, what amazing words. One of my favorite lines is, like the crocus, it will burst into bloom, because it reminds me of our house in Fort Wayne. We used to live uh, there a couple years ago. And in our front yard, we had white and purple crocus. I was wondering what the plural of crocus is. Croci? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, every spring, we would wait for it to pop up. It would always be the first one. And you know, we'd look, and we'd wait. It wasn't there yet. It wasn't there yet. And then one morning, we'd come out, and there they were. They had burst forth overnight. And this whole passage has that feel of this culmination of so many things happening. This new and unexpected future being announced that's now possible. When all that is less than whole is restored and made new, the weak are given strength, the fearful are given courage, the feeble are made firm. The blind, the deaf, the lame, the mute are all healed and restored. All of those who are broken, restored to the fullness of life. All will be overcome and all will be made new. And it's amazing in this passage because even nature gets in on it. You know? Dry, parched deserts become places of water and pools and streams. We see the wilderness being transformed, the desert blossoming, the wild animals are tamed. He restores all of creation. It's this picture of how God's grace reaches 
not only to humanity, but to creation alike. And we see how the restoration of the land is also tied up, closely bound up, with the restoration of a broken and damaged humanity. And this wilderness is no longer this fearsome place. Instead, it's a place of joy and singing. And there's a remarkable highway through the desert. And I think of a highway through the desert, and I think of, you know, Arizona, where you see those signs that are like, no gas for the next 200 miles. And it's like this, oh my gosh, do I really want to go in there? But this highway is completely different. It's a highway where the people of God travel in safety, in confidence. And it says it'll be called the holy way because it represents the way into a future for exiles who lacked confidence that the future was open or hopeful at all, who had given in to hopelessness and sorrow. And now this sorrow and sighing of destruction and despair is banished. And it's replaced by everlasting joy. What Isaiah envisions is a total remake, a complete recreation, a total reversal of life as it's currently experienced. God will come, restoring people to who they truly are, to their true identity. And this is our good news today, friends, that into the dried up, broken cracks of our lives, Christ, our hope, appears, bursting forth, strengthening, healing, restoring, even into the unnoticed places where we still sigh and experience sorrow. So what do you sigh for today? What connects or comes to mind? Because we do still sorrow, don't we? We still sigh. We're not yet home. We still live in that in-between time. In my meantime, the reality is that some days it feels more like the depression and the anxiety is winning, more than God is winning in my life. And some days I'm just so tired of fighting it again. But our good news is the Advent hope that we cling to today, that Christ is appearing. He's fighting for me. He's fighting for you. He is present and at work. And life is springing up in the midst of the difficult. Takes intention to see it. That's been my discipline lately, is looking back, seeing and naming those places, those times where he was at work. Even when it was difficult to see. Little things, too, like celebrating the joy that my dog brings <laughs> every time I come home from work, how happy she is. The other day, she jumped up on the couch and was so excited and was digging and digging and digging in the couch and then looked up at me and her fur was just static electricity <laughs> like, all over. It was just, and it just brought me so much joy. Those are the places where God's at work. He's reminding me, I'm fighting for you. It's little things like my kids. It's little things like you guys, my coworkers, 
all those places where I'm assured that I'm not alone. And for those of you that know me and who have been to my house, you'll, you'll see tons of pictures of nature. I love pictures of trees and um, just anything nature, really, because of this good news that God spoke to me. It reminds me of the strength that is at work. And I love this season of the year, Advent, this time of waiting, this time of remembering hope. Because it, it points us back to old promises and it points us forward to a fuller future joy that God will come and save. It reminds us that there's hope for current conditions anywhere and everywhere, present and future, for others and for ourselves. I want to close with a just a brief quote, and I apologize. I wrote this down, and I didn't write down who wrote it. <laughs> I searched for it and could not find it. So um, I just thought it was beautiful depiction of this. It says, we sigh for beauty we cannot reach and for understanding beyond our grasp. We sigh in our aching desire for union and love and in our longing for what we do not even know how to name. But all of the scattered promises will be joined in fulfillment together, as in a dance, earth renewed, bodies remade, freedoms conferred, cities reclaimed, new joys bestowed, and sorrow and sighing will be banished. This time is coming. And in the meantime, we still wait to see the lame leap for joy, and for fearful hearts to be strengthened. But there's a difference between wishful thinking, wishful hoping, and real hope. See, fear is the anticipation of evil, but hope is the anticipation of good. <clears throat> and we are a people of hope. We are a people who wait in Advent hope and in the good news today that into the dried up, broken cracks of our lives, Christ our hope appears, bursting forth, strengthening, healing, restoring. Even the unnoticed places where we still sigh and experience sorrow. So friends, we're gonna lead to a time of responding in prayer and eventually coming to the table for communion. And I'd love for us to just take a moment. We wanna respond when we hear good news. So what do you sigh for, as I've been asking? What's your parched land, your desert, your wilderness? Or where in the world does your heart break because you see sorrow and sighing? We're going to have a time of prayer so that we can respond. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.